Welcome to Annasbrook Church. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Graham Hislop, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Right, here we go. Got a message. I'm going to just um, give it to you. I just entitled this message, Leap Into It, Leap Into It. Um, Okay, I wrote down a quote this week. Do you ever do that? Write down quotes. The difference was this quote was from myself. So I I don't know if you like that or not, but I wrote down my own quote. Um, I didn't say Graham said. I just wrote down something that came to my heart, my mind, and I wrote it down, and then God began to speak to me um, out of this text for this morning. But... um, (laughs) Actually, we should try that more as parents, eh? Just quote ourselves to our kids. It's so good. Um, I'm going re- to read this. I just uh, want to read uh, this quote. I know God is going to move this year. I know He wants to bring revival. So revival's our theme. Okay, so I'll just, I'll, I'll just start, it, start it from the start. I know God is going to move this year. I know He wants to bring revival. Ready for this? I just don't know exactly how he's going to do that. And that's okay. Because I know that this too is faith. I'm going to read it one more time because it's my self-quote. I don't get to quote myself very often. I know God is going to move this year. I know he wants to bring revival. I just don't know exactly how he's going to do that. And that's okay because I know this is faith too. How do I know that? John chapter 14. It's got one of the most famous lines in there in Christendom. And yet the context probably feels a lot more like your life and my life than we sometimes give the Scriptures credit for. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Always a good uh, warning sign that Jesus is about to say something that could make your hearts be troubled. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Do not let your hearts be troubled. This is to the disciples. He was speaking to them. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has a ton of rooms. He's basically saying, I'm not telling you a lie. If it were not so, I'm not, I wouldn't tell you. But I've been going, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me that you will also be, because this is the big goal, like Rebecca was saying this morning, that delight, that, that, that affection because I just really want to be where you are. I want you to be where I am. I, like, I just love that. And then verse four, you know <laughs> the way to that place where I am going. Um, just a little bit of history for a minute. Leap into it. A little bit of history. If you grew up in the youth ministry um, era of 1990, that's youth group. It wasn't called youth ministry. It was called youth group, um, a group of youth. Uh, there were some experiences you may or may not have recalled. Can you just lift your hand if you grew up in youth ministry of the 1990s? Okay, cool. Some people. All right. That's really good. Thank you very much. And um, there were many things that happened uh, that were not only fun, but also near-death experiences. Okay. Uh, record-breaking nights. Does anyone remember those? Um, we've got some of our youth leaders here, actually. Tim and Sarah were youth leaders in the youth ministry that we were part of. And um, they're only three months older than us. Anyway, um, record-breaking nights where how many marshmallows can you fit in your mouth? Um, or this one, how many children can you fit in a mini? 
This was before Osh. Does anyone remember the world before Osh? Wasn't it wonderful? Wasn't it? Hey, I know they're not even called Osh anymore. They're called something else. Um, I should know probably. Exactly. Um, there was also um, ice cream Sunday nights. Now these ice cream Sunday nights were really amazing because the ice cream was dished into a 30, 40, or if you're lucky, 50 foot um, gutter, roof guttering. And we used to have these nights and you'd invite all your friends. And in these gutters, they'd put all these scoops of ice cream and all these um, wafers and nuts and bananas. And you were getting a giant serving of dessert and also potentially meningitis. We don't really know. We don't know. (laughs) It could have happened. Like right at the end, one guy in our youth ministry at the end of the night, because the whole thing after people were eating, it was turned into slush. You already know what I'm talking about. Right at the end, someone dared one kid to go down the end of the gutter is he here today? Was it my brother? Was it you, Simon? I don't know. That's amazing. <laughs> Powerful stuff. Um, okay, but then there were, there were the ultimate moments, youth camp. And youth camp was when you went to the Lake, Lake Road Wheaty and uh, or Kaiteri, Bethany Park. At these camps, um, you did lots of things. And does anyone remember, like, like this, was, this was a lot of fun, trustfuls. So what, someone would get a verse like um, <laughs> Proverbs. Oh, I'm seeing the Gaskell boys. I actually just remembered. I just remembered a conversation we had in a guy's actual session. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing. Actually, I was trying to <laughs> abort, abort. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so. Um, what someone's going to preach Proverbs 3 verse 5 trust in the Lord with all your heart lean on your understanding now guys best way to describe this is I want you to stand on a table okay sweet so they get the persons go stand on the table and then they get four people or five people each side okay people and that person's facing forward of them can't see cross your arms and then the person who's taking the devo or the session says right now what I want you to do on the count of three is that I want you to fall backwards stay as upright as you can and there was always one idiot right in the middle of this group who just thought it was a great practical joke, often me, to see if the person would fall through the gap they'd create as they fell backwards. And so they fell. They just fell. They just went over and they trust fall. And, and, and there they are. And, and mostly, guys, mostly everyone was okay. Mostly no one passed away. Mostly. But that's the image I want you to get with the Scripture. That is this moment. Thomas and all the disciples are standing on a table and only Jesus is under them saying, go for it, guys. Trust me. The problem is Thomas isn't buying it. He's not budging. Neither is Philip. You're going to read that in a minute. Many of the other disciples are kind of in the same situation. And Thomas is tricky because he's been labelled as Doubting Thomas, but he's not a mystic. He doesn't, he doesn't kind of go after the wind. and the, he, He's not that kind of guy. He, he wants to touch Jesus' wounds after he was resurrected. He's a proof man. Um, if you're in the room and you're intellectually, intellectually, intellectually wired and you love science and you love evidence, you are not anti-faith. All you are is wired in a particular way where you've got to be aware of your situation, your disposition to want facts. God will will give you facts, 
but then He'll get you up on a table and go, now I want you to close your eyes and trust me. Trust me. So here's Thomas, here's Philip. There is um, an obvious situation where Jesus is saying, hey guys, um, this is what we're doing. In fact, the quote is, I have prepared a place for you um, and, and you know how to get there and you're going to be with me. In verse five, it's on the screen. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where, I'm going to paraphrase, the heck you are going. So how can we know the way? It's not like there was a roadmap. It's not like whatever. There he is. And, and right in that moment, this is what I really want to talk about this morning more than anything else I want to talk about. That's called the unknown. There is no revival without the unknown. There is no miracle without the unknown. There is no Christianity. (laughs) There's no faith. Faith is kind of like embedded into this idea that there are going to be things that, like, like, what are we having for tea? I don't know. Um, Who left the kitchen like that? It's amazing how your kids like to ignore you when you ask that question. I said, do you want to hear me? Who left the kitchen like this? Still nothing. Guys, are your ears painted on? No. Who left the kitchen like this? We don't know. It's like, that's impossible. There might be five of them, but, but, a, but a, 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 someone didn't walk in the door and just mess up the kitchen. Um, oh, we, we, when are we going there? Where are we going? What's the directions? I don't know. I don't know. Do you know how many things in our life are filled with I don't know? Do you know how much the unknown features in our day-to-day life? Most of us have tried to outplan it. We've tried to whittle it out. We've tried to try to make everything about our life and our day and our marriages and our, our situations all known. But actually, the truth is, it's impossible to do that. Unknown is a lack of info, a lack of guarantees, the unproven, the untested, the ambiguous. The dictionary says the unknown is something that is just not known. Or this one here, this was actually part of the description. Or familiar. I, I, uh, years ago, three years ago, we were boating up the Abel Tasman. We were in a smaller boat and um, in my dad's boat. And we had seven of us in this 16-foot aluminium. We called it a tin can with the lid off. That's what we called it. And we were cruising up that, that coast and... We, we actually said to the kids, we're going to go up to our rower guys um, because we hadn't been up there for, at that stage, 15, tw- uh, 20 years, like a long time, maybe 18 years. And one of the reasons is when your kids are young, it's very hard to do a boating excursion where everyone is going to do what you're telling them or someone doesn't need to sleep. So we've done a lot of boating up the Abel Tasman over the years, different beaches, different spots. That's kind of, it was our, it's our summer getaway. That's what we love to do as a family. So this is it. We're going to our row. The kids are old enough. Everyone's got to do what we say. Um, and, and we're going. And they were pumped. Like there's a pizza thing now since we last went up there. Like they make pizzas. That's what a pizza thing is. And so we're like, we're going to go get pizza up at Aroa. So we made a day of it and we went up to Torrent Bay for the morning. Then we snuck up to Tonga Island and the beach behind there and we spent quite a few hours. Then about four o'clock, it was time to make our way up to Aroa. Now, 
Um, I had not been up there, boating up there, for a long, long time. And, uh, but anyway, we just picked the wrong wind. It does get sea breezy out there, sea breezy. Um, and we, we tucked around the corner and this, um, and this and breeze uh, was just like blowing down there. Yeah, so good, eh? Bet you're getting a lot out of this message. So, <laughs> no one's taking notes, I'm shocked. So anyway, we were like pounding into this weather and it actually started to get real troughy as well. So these waves are now breaking over the windscreen and they're coming into the cockpit. And we had the ski biscuit in the back and, and three of the kids were sitting on the ski biscuit because it's not a big boat at, at this point in our lives and journey. And I'm getting water in the face, water's flowing into the cockpit, these waves are going over the bow and over the windscreen. And I just have this thought, because we've been like chopping into it for about five minutes, and I'm just thinking, number one, I pray we don't drown, you know. And number two, I always think this after that, I hope we're not using too much fuel, <laughs> which is irrelevant if you're going to drown, isn't it? But important. And then three, um, I wonder what my kids are thinking, you know. And, and they're quite good boaties, but um, a couple of their faces were looking a wee bit dicey. So we're slogging into it. To a, I don't have Google, so I can't work out where we are exactly. I know we're just off Tonga off that point, um, up from that. And then Beck turns to me and she goes, what do you think? And I say, man, I don't know. Like in the middle of stuff that's unfamiliar, you just think, I don't know. I don't, this is, we could, we could actually get around the corner. It could be rougher. Uh, we could get one real big wave over the bow with this many people on and there was water already on the floor. And I'm thinking, this is like, I, I just don't know. And I was 50-50. So anyway, um, I turned back, I stopped the boat and we're just kind of like sloshing around now in this, in this chop, these waves. And I just say, hey, guys, I think we need to call it a day. And there was kind of two responses. <laughs> one was utter relief. <laughs> and then the other one was a little bit of disappointment because we'd amped this flipping pizza thing up, amped it up and amped it up, and we'd never taken the kids right up there to Aroa. So anyway, um, we do a Yui, and then, of course, it's pretty cruisy because you're going along with it to go home. We get into Kaiteri. I'm getting the boat on the trailer, and I look out, and just typical, classic Abel Tasman, that when that sea breeze just dies off, and it just goes good, and I'm thinking, oh, man. Uh, I wonder, I just wonder how far we were from it. About a month later, I'm flying back from Auckland, and you can fly as a flight path across the Abel Tasman, and I see something that I can really only show you in map form. This is essentially where we were. It's probably quite hard to see there, but there's a little speech bubble that says seal swim area. We were just ahead of that in the boat. And Araroa is that house up the top. And to be honest, it was probably eight or nine more minutes. And I'm on the plane. I swore when we were in the water, it was 20 25, 30 minutes. My brain was telling me, unfamiliar settings, unknown. I hadn't been up there for a long time. And as I flew over it, I realised how many of us are like this in our God journey. How many of us go on this adventure called faith and we knew it was an adventure because we surrendered our lives and then we got into the thick of it and we started doing all sorts of U-turns the moment the danger came up, the moment we felt a little bit out of it, the moment things didn't work like we thought it was going to work. And I want to let you know that God is actually out there 
right out wherever it's gone. He is out there. <laughs> God's gone, okay. All right, he'll come back. He's out there saying to us, hey guys, come out here, it's good. Just a little bit further. It's only water <laughs> and imminent death, but still, come on, come out here. It's an amazing story. Peter, who has this very experience because in a storm at 3 a.m., you'll read at Matthew 14, all the disciples are in the boat. They've been sent by Jesus, ordained by Jesus to go do something. And yet they're just doubting. They are in totally unknown territory because he didn't go with them. So they're freaking out. They think they're going to die. Lo and behold, just to top it off, someone starts seeing a person walking across the water. And you're like, I'd love to see that. Going by their responses, I don't think you would. I think you would start thinking, God has appeared and we're about to all die. We're going to heaven. Um, They start screaming out and Jesus goes, don't worry guys, fear not, it's me. And out of nowhere, Peter, who just seems to flourish in these environments, in these unknown environments, he goes, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come out there. It's like, who thinks of this stuff? You couldn't make it up. There he is. And Jesus is like, okay, Peter, come on. So Peter just jumps out of the boat. He's just looking at Jesus. And lo and behold, he's walking on water. He's walking on water. There's no PDF for that. You can't do an online course for this. School cert won't teach you. Your parents won't teach you. This was a moment in time that no one what knew could happen. Here he is walking on the water. He's out there. And you know, it's really interesting because I love that this is included in the story that in verse whatever it is, 30 or something, Peter saw the wind. When he saw the wind, he started to freak out. He's probably thinking to himself, what am I doing? I'm walking on water. He's probably thinking, this is totally ridiculous. Bible says he begins to sink. Begins to feel that, "Uh uh-oh, you turn. 180, let's turn around, I'm bailing out. But Jesus grabs hold of him, he catches him, and then he just encourages him with this statement. You ready? Oh, you of little faith. (laughs) I'd be thinking a laminated certificate would be better. First guy to ever walk on the water. Why did you doubt? And I actually think that we have to understand, guys, that if we're following Jesus, it means you've been called out into unknown, unproven, unestablished territory, places that you've never been before, places you don't even know, places that you can't even understand. I wanna say this, revival awaits those who are willing to leap out into the unknown, into the constraints of what you've experienced before, of what you've been familiar with up until this point, and to pioneer an unproven place, an unproven track where Jesus is. That is where revival is gonna come from. Revival is saying a far-sweeping move of God, a far-sweeping all the promises of God, but being willing to embrace and relate to the unknown things. Totally unknown. You are totally out there. I wanna prophesy this to you. You are just around the corner from pizza. How good that would be. And man, I just really feel like God's saying a couple of things that if you would just not freak out, flip out, whatever else out, if you would just just lock on, there's some things that are gonna happen. In fact, I just wanna just give you a couple of things here that we can potentially miss out on if we won't leap into the unknown, if we won't go for an adventure. Okay, firstly, 
You miss out on the place that God has already prepared for you. Um, John 14, do not let your house be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would have I told you that I'm going there? What? Because I'm preparing something for you. Okay, totally. Let's do exegesis, hermeneutics. Let's do it all. He's talking about heaven. I, ironically, Christians in our part of the world don't understand that heaven is not gonna be exactly heaven forever. There's gonna be a new earth as well. So even that is just a whole quandary. But yes, he's talking about what is yet to come. He's talking about a place that's secure, eternity. I don't know if we still preach the gospel that means Jesus who died for you, saved you from sin, so you don't have to spend eternity. It calls it hell, but it just means separated from God. We obviously don't preach that gospel very much based on that response. Gets awkward. It gets itchy under the armpits. Why? It's all unknown, isn't it? But Jesus says quite clearly, no, I've prepared a place for you. And He says this, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm gonna come back, take you with me so that you can be where I am. Here's the thought, you ready? Do you believe that God has created you? Do you believe that God has ordained your existence? Do you also believe then, if you can answer yes, that God cares about the details of your life? And do you believe that if you prepare heaven for you, He would also prepare other good things? Hey, it might be on the pathway to the unknown, It might be a journey of actually being out there and getting a bit wet around the ankles from the storms of life or the challenges that go on. But do you believe? 2 Corinthians 2 says, But as it is written, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor entered into the heart of man. So it's it's unknown. It's totally unknown. The things that God has prepared for those who, who, who what? Love Him. What are those things? Things aligned to God's purpose ground to take, places to pioneer, a purpose to step into, to know His fullness. I'll just call it revival. You call it whatever you want. But God has revealed them to us, it goes on to say, by His Spirit. In other words, what I didn't know, I'm going to know as God reveals it. But what's the pathway to knowing? Just standing out there in the unknown, people. And what is it that really actually matters is for you to understand if you're not willing to venture into unknown places, you're probably not going to take hold of the prepared places because it's faith. Can anybody here say amen? God has prepared stuff for you. I just declare it. God has prepared stuff for you. I don't, I, I'm not here to tell you what that is. God has prepared stuff for you. There is so much at stake. Do not give up. Do not flip out. Do not freak out. Step out further. Get out into the unknown where your faith will come alive and where only God could take your hand and lead you on to what's next. Get right out there. Get right out there. Go round Tonga Corner, go round the point, go right round and say, so glad I didn't turn around. Thank you. Amen. It's the Word of God. And I, and I, and I just want to say this, consider that when you're making your next decision. Because you make decisions based on the known and the unknown. Feelings, not feelings. You're making, you're making alignment with people based on the known and the unknown. You know, your connection with people will actually alter your destiny. The kingdom flows through relationships. 
One wrong connection and relationship, not people you want to actually reach out to, but wrong, one wrong connection can shut down the entire things of God in your life. God won't shut down. He'll keep wooing you. He'll keep calling you, but you've made an unholy alliance. Someone in this room here, you've made an unholy alliance because you crave the known and the familiar and the tangible. And it meant something to you and that's fine and that's cool. And everyone hates loneliness. But I'll tell you what, the same thing that happened for Rebecca and me, I think has happened to other people, that when Jesus turns up in your life, you'll do small seasons of isolation isolation. Not concerning here, we came to church, we're plugged in, we're in small groups, but I did a lot of time away from that group because unholy alliances need to be broken so you can step into the unknown, into the prepared thing that God has for you. If I'd hung out with the same group as when Jesus turned into my, up into my life and opened my eyes, I would not be standing here right now. God had to deal with me on my own. God had to actually get me there, isolated, alone, just Him and I, and do a deep, deep work. Dang, this is good. Yeah, get off Facebook. Whoa, what was that about? That was great. Get off it. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, I was doing a demonstrative wave. Get off podcast. Like, 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 like. Okay, we're craving social media. We're craving the dopamine. We're craving that. Lots of reasons, attention, significance, blah, 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 blah. What about this? You just feel a little bit alone. You just feel disconnected. Someone has got to go on a retreat with God in this room. You've got to get alone with God. You've got to get away with God. You've got to get up in God's face. You've got to get out into the unknown, the uncharted, the unproven. When was the last time you fasted? When was the last time you prayed for a day? Took a day of annual leave and just prayed. Read the Word and prayed. In 20 minute blocks, read the Word for 20 minutes, pray for 20 minutes, read the Word for 20 minutes. Don't you think the wind of God's revival breath would not come under you? Oh man, now we're getting stirred up. I need to calm my farm. Yeah, because we're so locked into the knowing. I've known church this way. They do the two songs and MC gets up, jokes about chocolate. We're gonna have two more songs. Someone's gonna get all fired up. He's excited. He's on Red Cordial again. <laughs> Meanwhile, someone was being touched by God. One of the reasons I said, hey, who's sensing something? It's because someone in the room is getting a download from heaven because they'll step out into the unknown. Someone else is going, I've seen this. I've been here. Let's just get on with it. Yeah. Come on. We've got, to, like, we've got to shake things up. Yes. Okay, I have two other points, but I haven't got time. Philip said this, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Philip, you've been with me for such a long time. Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. A lot of people are saying that. Lord, just do this, and it's good enough for me. Hey, where's your faith at? What are you believing for? The church might set the theme revival, but have you personally? What are you believing for in your life? What is the revival that you're believing for for you? You're saying it's enough. Say, God, I'm happy, heaven one day. Oh, cool. All right, but what about the rest of the world that, that is here? What about the things God's entrusted to you? I need to stop it. I'm feeling like... I'm feeling very stirred up right now. Okay. So I'll skip these other two points because I just want to say this. That 
The price tag for venturing out, the price tag for revival, the price tag for taking hold of something that you have never, ever seen God do before. That's what we're prophesying, okay? Is that you venture out. You step out. You get into some unknown spaces, some unknown places, some unfamiliar spaces. Look at what happens if you'll do it, okay? We'll finish here. Jesus said, right, right at the end of this, this is in the same block of conversation. I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. Listen to, the, listen to this. And will do even greater things than these. Because I'm going to be with the Father. And I will do whatever you ask. When you ask it in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. I don't know the way, God. I don't know the way, God. I don't know how to do this. There is room for doubt in faith. There's not room for unbelief. Unbelief is doubt that's gone on too long and not been nipped in the bud. There is, there is room for doubt in faith. Thomas is proof. <laughs> I'm proof. The challenge is you take it to God. You take it to God. And if you can't take it to God on your own, you get your connect group, you get others, believers around you who can take it to God with you. And faith is a spirit. There's a gift as well of faith, talked about in the New Testament. You can believe. You can be a navigator of the unseen, unproven, unknown spaces. It's going to tap into something greater of God. You can. You've got this. You've got this. Do you know the famous quote? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Do you know where it is? Right in the story. Thomas goes, I don't know the way. And Jesus said this, I am the way. Here's the end of the message. This is where we land it. For every person that doesn't know, for every space of the unknown, for the questions and the wonderings, for the pioneerings and the spaces that God is calling you into, you as a believer have a divine advantage. You can swap the unknown for the known. You can swap everything you don't know about the season you're in, the prayer that hasn't been answered, the challenge that's in front of you, the water that is lapping you at your ankles. You can trade it, the unknown for the known. Jesus says, I am the way. It's me, it's in me. It's in me. I feel like just as we come to close, there's some people here and you've just got too comfortable. Too comfortable. Too, is this encouraging? I don't know if it is. Too safe. I'll I, I tell you why it's encouraging as I've been there. Come out here. Come on. Come on now. When you're walking with a toddler, you're like, they start walking, you're like, come on. And you're just playing tricks, aren't you? And, and it's like the mother eagle with those, is it called eaglets? No, <laughs> I don't know what it's called. And the, and the eagles in the, I see someone nodding, so it might be half true. But, but there's a, these baby, baby, baby eagles are in the nest. And do you know how they, the mother gets these babies to fly when the right time, these, these, these bald eagles, you know, these American bald eagles, kicks them out. Kicks them out. 
What do you think that bird's thinking as it just sees the planet spinning on axis? It's just like, what is? I've never experienced this before. This is totally unknown to me. I don't know, where am I? What's going on? Suddenly, out of nowhere, what it doesn't know is overcome by what it was built to know. And out it comes. All the potential and all of the grace. And some of you in this place, God's kicking you out of your nest. It's not because He hates you. It's not because He hates you. And, and, and you clap now, but you're not going to be clapping mid next week. <laughs> yes, Lord. Kick me out. You're going to be going, what is flipping wrong with my boss? Hates my guts. I just signed the lease on the building and now the, the numbers aren't lining up. Oh my gosh, I've got this kid at home and they're going bananas. Welcome to parenting, that's knowing. <laughs> um, oh, I've got this going on and that going on. Something in my health, something in my life. Doesn't matter, guys. Doesn't matter what it is. Let the Father, He'll boot you, but He's right here ready to catch you. This is a great message. Leap into it. Leap into it. Leap into it. Don't like, oh, like don't, don't, don't be like this, like the Father's about to kick you and you're like, oh, do I have to? Do I have to? Leap into it. Why am I down here now? Leap into it. Leap into it, Tim. Thank you, Lord. Leap into it. Leap into it. Like, like, um, come on. Get into the unknown. The unproven. Ashley Gaskell, this word is for you, my friend. This word is for you. Where's Anna Banana? Come down here, Anna. Anna and Ashley are absolute. Stand up. Yeah. No, don't put your arms around me. Put your arms around each other. Did you have an argument this morning? Or? Last week. Yeah, last week. I often used to argue with Rick on, I used to say this on the way to church, but then that stopped when we took different cars. <laughs> okay. Close your eyes and lift your hands. You can lift your hand as well. That's fine. Someone reach your hand out to this uh, awesome couple. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for Ashley and Anna. But He has revealed it to them by His Holy Spirit. For they can know the mind of the Spirit. For they can know the things that have been planted in the heart of God. Did you hear that? In the heart of God. Beautiful things. You've seen some things. Anointed, called by the hand. Take each other by the hand and step out. Step out, step out. It's going to calling you out. God's calling you out and God's calling you up. God's calling you up. It's going to feel like you're going down, but God's calling you up. He's done so much in your health, so much in your finances, so much in your practical spaces. But God is saying, I am not done. I've prepared more for you. Take the leap. Father, I just pray right now, your anointing on Ashley and Anna. I pray, Lord God, that they would experience, Lord, something of You that is just so powerfully divine. 
Lord, that is so in your heart. Expand their hearts. Lord, anoint them. Lord, give them fresh grace, I pray. Fresh anointing on their lives in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. And everyone in the church agree, say Amen. Amen. Everyone else stand to your feet. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.